0: You're listening to Pointing Pointers, the point-to-point podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pointing Pointers. Uh, you're very welcome along. We've got an exciting show in store. James, how are you getting on? Yeah, good. Thank you. Enjoying the sun? Yeah. Tell me about it, Johnny.
1: Yeah, just about recovered from the weekend.
0: What did it entail? What the needed recovery?
1: Heat heat stroke, standing standing in front of a camera. <laughs>
0: Um, Well I'm going to introduce our guest in a moment's time uh, But before we do, a little bit of housekeeping Um, We are going to do some specials over the summer In which we look at uh, some pointing legends And we really want your suggestions We've got some good ones lined up already uh, But we thought we want to know uh, from you guys Who you'd like to hear interviewed in a long form format We're going to do some monthly specials To keep everyone uh, ticking over the summer um, so you, you know we've been we've been we've been worried you're just going to struggle to cope without us frankly so um, we're going to do some monthly specials and uh, towards the start of the season we're going to go around some stables and do some sort of stable tours and talk to people about what horses they're getting excited about etc Um, so your suggestions would be most welcome um, we told a bit of a lie last week we were going to have uh Davy Boland on this week and do an Irish special um with Barry O'Neill. Uh, and I can now reveal we will be doing that next week. Uh Barry five times Irish champion um point to point rider. Uh he will be on next week with Davy Boland. So something to look forward to there. So, what's coming up in the show? We have a, a bit of a blockbuster. We've got a roundup from uh, Devon and Cornwall with Mike Drown. We've got another chat with our friend Charlie Post, who's been busy buying horses at the sales, and they've brought up their hundredth winner for Station Yard, um, which is exciting. We're going to be speaking to Joshua Stacy, um, who's a bit of a, a racing media. Uh, mogul about what's been going on uh, in in his world some exciting developments um, in terms of the point to point world there and uh, we're also delighted to say we are joined for the entire show by john barlow the very popular midlands trainer uh john how are you getting on
2: how are we doing are you all right
0: yeah i'm all right how are you yeah i'm good thank you james please could you give us the final standings of the various championships for the season before we do anything else
3: uh, well, we've got one meeting to go, so I can't give you the final standings. But um, I would well, imagine where well, you, well, you can. Well, yeah, okay. James King will definitely win the championship, will it? Won't he? He's on thirty-two, so he's miles clear. Of Jack Andrews is on sixteen. It was quite close run for most of the season, and then suddenly James King's just kicked well clear, hasn't he? Um, ladies, Gina will mm. definitely win that. She's on twenty. Izzy Marshall's on eight. Uh, Then it gets a bit more interesting because the men's novice, uh, Connor Houlihan, after his incredible weekend uh, weekend before last, is on nine and Ben Sutton is on eight. So um, I believe they've both got rides booked at the weekend. So that could go either way. And then the ladies novice, um, three each for Rosie Howarth and uh, Natalia Irvine. And she's definitely got rides at the weekend. So she may be able to pull forward and win that. Uh, And in the trainers' championship, I would imagine that's done and dusted. Uh, I think technically Alan Hill could Mm. still get up. But Tom Ellis is on 29, Alan Hill's on 23, and Fran Nimmo, uh, after her 100th winner, is now on 20 for the season.
0: Um, So, we are now going to have a quick chat to Mike Drown. I spoke to him earlier on today, and uh, we've got a bit of an end-of-the-season wrap from Devon and Cornwall. Mike, good to have you on the end of the season down in Devon and Cornwall.
4: Yeah, it's quite uh, quite sad now, um, but the ground sort of turning the wrong side now. All oh, we haven't had enough rain, so um, no, it's good that it's sort of ended now for that reason. But um, no, look, already looking forward to next season.
0: Yeah, absolutely, aren't we all? So uh, a good. Uh, you've had some cracking racing down there, um, and another good meeting to finish off on some uh, some some interesting results.
4: Yeah, it was, um, we were still lucky that we um, still had some really good r- racing on the last day, um, still had good field sizes um, and, yeah, some cracking racing, really. And uh, Los Alamos
0: won after you tipped him up, so uh, thanks for that.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I was a bit worried for a minute or two. I thought, oh, he's, he's not. He's not. <laughs> I was a bit bit worried that the, the, the ground had gone sort of too firm and it might have come a bit too soon after his... Run the week before, but now he followed up. He got there in the end and won by a length and a half from River Myth in the end. Um, and completed a double for James King on the day.
0: Yeah, uh, having sealed the title, he's uh, not not hung up his. Uh, you sometimes see in football, don't you? You know, when when uh, Man City win the league, you know, they just sort of kick back and do do not a lot for the rest of the season. But yeah, no such no such thing in uh, James King's
4: book. Competitive to the end, good to see. No, uh, yeah, he's, he's still. F- Still cracking on. Um, Yeah. I don't. I don't think Los Alamos was uh, planned to be running in a point-to-point in Devon when he was bred, being out of Galileo. But uh, nonetheless, he's won one three from four mm. this season, so he's he's been a good servant to his connections. <laughs> there's not there's not many that are sired by Galileo running around the point-to-point fields in England. <laughs> but, uh,
0: so, um, what's been your highlight of the season in in Devon and Cornwall? Obviously, uh, we we sort of started this podcast halfway through the uh, the truncated season, and uh, you very kindly. Offered to come on and be our sort of uh, correspondent down in those parts, in that part of the world. I won't say too much more after last week's abuse for um, basically (laughs) calling you backwards.
4: Uh, But uh, what's been your what's been your highlight? Well, we've been lucky. We've had some really good racing this year, but uh, the highlight definitely has to be um, Otis Morgan winning on Skylander, uh, winning his sister's race down at Fleet Park. That that was definitely a highlight, and uh, it'll be a highlight for. Several years to come, it'll be hard to beat that. Really, that was that was yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: only only damp dampening being that no no crowds are there to enjoy the moment with them. And um, but yeah, something that'll be cherished in the memory, no doubt. Uh, well, Mike, we'll leave it there. Thanks a lot for being our uh, our eyes and ears down in Devon and Cornwall this season. We've uh, we've had a little chat. We're going to do some bits over the summer um, where we go around yards in preparation for coming back. Um, in the in the new season, and I know you're keen to sneak around a few yards down there and 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 keep your keep your ear to the ground,
4: see what they're excited about for the forthcoming season. So we'll uh, we'll be catching it with you then. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to to poke my nose around through the yards and uh, see what's going on. So
0: the last race of the uh, season in Devon Cornwall was won by Fangla Bounds, owned by the Picnic Partnership, ridden by James King, and most importantly trained by. Uh, Francesca Nemo and Charlie Post of the Station Yard team who are bringing up their 100th winner uh, quite a remarkable achievement um, did you do it nicely I haven't seen the replay
4: yeah th- yeah it was um, very nice but uh, they'll just be delighted to uh, to get to that milestone really won't they they've uh, done an incredible job to get to 100 absolutely and speaking of which we've got Charlie on the line now thanks a lot Mike really good to speak to you perfect thanks guys
0: so, I'm joined now by friend of the podcast, Charlie Post from Station Yard Racing. Charlie, how are you getting on?
5: You're all good, Ben. Actually, just out in Ireland at the moment, uh, restocking for next season, as in, uh, even though the season hasn't finished yet, things just keep rolling on and you've got to keep moving forward.
0: Yeah, exciting. Really exciting. We'll come to that at the moment. Firstly, uh, congratulations for getting the 100 up. Amazing, amazing achievement.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, brilliant for the yard, testament to all the team that we've got at home, and and and. You know hopefully, hopefully there'll be another 100 at least to come but it's, it's certainly something that I, I wouldn't imagine that many people do uh, in the point-to-point sphere so it's a lovely thing for the yard to have and like i say it, it's credit to the owners the team and and, and like the horses that we've had over the last few years and and you know we're sort of onwards and upwards and and you know, it'd be nice to think we might get the next hundred even quicker than the first one. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely brilliant. Well, uh, well done from all of us. And so you're at the sales. You've uh, you've been uh, you've been buying pretty aggressively in England as well, and you're over in Ireland now. So uh, what what have you bought so far? How many have you bought so far? And um, and uh, tell us any highlights if you could.
5: We bought five at Doncaster. Um, trade was very strong, much stronger than probably we envisaged. I mean, uh, what you keep seeing is how resilient the horse racing world is to whatever else is going on. Well, because uh, I naively thought there might be some value this this year, but there's been none of that and prices were very strong. And then we've now bought, well, they're just finishing off the last day at the six here so far. With this, no, we have bought six. There will be no more. We're we're literally, we booked a taxi to leave because we have a compulsive buying disorder. And if if we stay any longer, we will be sucked into buying something else. So uh, that's 11 in total. Uh, we've been sent a couple already privately so as it stands right now we've 13 three-year-olds point to point in next year which is very exciting very exciting um, flagging up some flagging up so i don't know i try, try difficult to try and flag up too many that you think are better <laughs> than the others right now but uh, the doncaster ones they seem a really good bunch they've been very good to start off um there's a, a pro console that's by a new a, a new sire who he's a full brother to Frankel. Um, so he, it's an unknown the sire but he seemed he seemed a really athletic horse with plenty of presence hmm. a soldier of fortune that we gave 38,000 for it, it, it seems really exciting soldier of fortunes a, a, a really sort of well, not a sire on the up because he's kind of established but Francesco and I really love him as a sire yeah, sure. and there's a, a presenting that we, we paid 32,000 for again that has loads of class presenting to sire that we've done pretty well with with presence of mind winning on debut and Fox in the Box, who now with Ollie Murphy being a bit unlucky when he got beat at Barbary, and then probably unlucky again the point-to-point bumper at Entry <laughs> the yeah, other definitely. week. So that he, he looks an exciting prospect, and presenting's worked out well for us over here this week. Um, like I say, that the, the trade's been even stronger maybe than Doncaster. Uh, there seems to be such an appetite to buy horses, and we've um, bought, bought a couple of Isaias that people wouldn't have really heard of. We that we bought a lovely. Gray on the first day by Marcel um, of hmm. the Bleam brothers, who are who are a really well well established and respected consigners. He's got quite a sort of flat pedigree, but he's a lovely big scopy horse, and I can't I really can't wait to get going with him and get some yeah. tack on him and get him ridden away in the next few days. And again, just now we bought a, a, another gray off the, the Bleam brothers by Honolulu um, for thirty two thousand euro, hmm. and and again he looks a lovely rangy sort. I mean. Uh, Again, all the time you're trying you're trying to up the quality, and yeah. we, I, I tell you what we actually have done as well. We've actually bought a filly, which is uh, ah. it's been a while since we've had a, a filly for point to point in as a young horse. Um, and we gave twenty two thousand for a soldier of fortune filly. So that'll be interesting now, as in we just Francesco and I just decided that we actually have had fillies win on debut before, but they've all maybe lacked a bit of size and and, and a little bit of quality, and and we just thought. We'd have we would dip our, our toe in the water again with a filly and, and see if it could work out.
0: Yeah, why not? It, yeah. It's
5: nice having a bit of it's nice having a bit of variety around and and so yeah, she 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 looks a lovely type and like all of them. I mean, we bought six of them. I think we've got another. I think we've got thirteen in total coming back to get broken in, and it's a really exciting time of year. And like I say, it's going to be a busy few days over the weekend. I've set myself a target because we're we're actually going away for a long weekend away <laughs> sailing on the south coast on Thursday. So they've all got to be broken in and, and find away <laughs> way
0: outside by Thursday. So it's going to be a busy few days. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, yeah, I know you enjoy the pressure and I'm sure you can't wait to get started in some of the, Particularly, I bet you must be kind of interested about starting some of the ones with the lesser known... Well, the the, uh, the, the stallions that are, uh, are less known to you. It must be quite interesting getting on the pro console for the first time or, as you say, the Honolulu. It must just be interesting to seeing, you know, some of those character traits when you're not quite so sure what's under the hood.
5: Yeah, massively. I mean, like I say, that they're they're all sort of new sires to work with to, to me, and, and that's really exciting. Mm. And, and and again, I suppose the, the 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 pros and the pros are going with new sires. Is, is no one can knock them just yet. And I suppose <laughs> what you're hoping is by the time we get round to running them next next spring, hopefully that no one's gone off them too much. So and and, and like as you say, you, you, you we all are shaped by our own experiences, and and when you start working with it with a new sire you hope that you get on well with them and, and like I say, it, it might give up more options moving forward and that you, you pinpoint certain, like I say, like presenting, which isn't a, a, a surprise to anyone. She's a great sire, but there's sizes that work for you and some size just don't. And, and you, you go yeah. a bit negative on them. So I'm really looking forward to getting started with these, these new ones that are new to the yard.
0: Brilliant. Well, congratulations to you and Francesca on getting the hundred up. Don't buy any more horses and uh, enjoy your long weekend. I'm sure you deserve it. Cheers, Ben. Speak soon, mate. Cheers, mate. So, Joining us now is Josh Stacey. Josh, I had to declare an interest. He's a good friend of mine um, who is a racing pundit, works for the Racing Post, and I run a syndicate with him called Millennium Racing Club. And we've got two horses under rules, one with Fergal O'Brien, one with Ollie Murphy, who ran today, actually, Josh. The less said about that, the better. <laughs> so we'll move on swiftly. Uh, the other thing we have in common is we are friends uh, with uh, Charlie and Fran of Station Yard and... Um, Basically, over the last year you've you've become keen to get involved in um, in, in a small way in bloodstock uh, with some family I believe and you you guys are basically seen pointing as a viable route uh, to making a return um, so you know where where do these conversations start and what's the what's the plan
6: uh, good question um so I've got a podcast with Charlie uh, which probably started two years ago so I've been going up there most weeks anyway um and I've, I've been seeing like learning the processes and and seeing how he does things and it's it's a whole different world it's incredible watching him work with them and I think after a while I was keen to get involved in some way I can like I'm I'm, I'm 21 I probably couldn't afford going out there and spending the money that you need to buy the right uh horses uh, myself so I've got some family involved and yeah, we 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 had a a target this summer to, to buy a couple of, of of stores and hopefully win a point with them and and
0: flog them on in the spring. So eloquently put, flog them on. But no, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. And uh, you you, uh, you you wouldn't be the only person at the same game. And that's and that's kind of something we've been highlighting is the opportunity to do that with point to points and and that sort of route to market being something that we're sort of really trying to push. Um, so you have bought two horses um, you paid a fair fair bit of money for both of them uh, both with really interesting sires now charlie and fran are, are big on picking good athletic types um, you know good movers presumably you know at this stage as you say um you know it wouldn't be your, your world in terms of actual you know dealing with horses on a day-to-day basis. So you 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 just trust in their judgment. Is the is the plan to just break them, break them in now, run them as a four-year-old, win the point to point. That, that is the plan. Buy a house in Dubai. Yeah, that, that's the plan. Going
6: to um going to the sales at Charlie is some experience getting around with Fran, uh tr- trying to find look through horses. And I'm asking questions every two seconds. I think he thinks I'm a right pain, but I literally I just don't know anything about it, and I want to to know as much as I can um so I do feel like usually if you see Charlie and Fran running around the sales, I'm usually about three meters behind them trying to catch up um <laughs> but uh it's been eye-opening and and like looking at the processes of what Charlie was for when he's purchasing a horse is fascinating in itself and sort of the movement of the horse and and you know the, the, the way it looks the height Um, I don't know how many hands Charlie is, but I love the little thing that goes up and moves himself (laughs) against it. Um, And yeah, it's just been (laughs) someone that knows nothing at all about it. Um, it, It's been really, really exciting
0: to be part of. Uh, They should use you at the sales as a spotter so that they probably can't see above the crowd half the time. You could just walk around with it. Josh Josh is, uh, in fact, you two, the the two people on this Zoom call now, James and Josh, are the only two people i know that actually are taller than me so i feel very inferior but josh you could walk around at the sales and spot all the good ones from a distance and then leg leg charlie up onto your shoulders um and um you know have a look at them that way the, the horse
6: racing world definitely wasn't blessed with height so i feel a bit like gandalf and the hobbit when i'm there yeah i'm the exact same <laughs> like you say because
3: everybody else is ex jockeys or whatever and uh yeah i feel i get a bit of a uh uh, backache, like trying to lean over <laughs> to people all the time. <laughs> you feel so oh, out of place, don't you? Yeah.
0: We could turn this into a podcast about being tall, if you like. But at least now. With COVID, you're not forever headbutting people and kissing like their ears and things when you're going for the the, the formal double kiss. You know, I'm always messing that one up just because <laughs> of my height. And at least now, now we've done away with all that because of COVID, there's a lot less awkwardness in being tall, isn't there? Yeah,
6: also, taking pictures of the horses are funny. Like when Charlie's taking one, the horse is massive. When I take one, it looks like a pony. Uh, it's hilarious, <laughs> just for the different
0: height. Um, so Josh, is this something you're looking to do? Uh, assuming this goes well is this something you're looking to do year on year
6: yeah if it, if it works um, definitely uh, that's just all I can really say like, we've, we've, it's been good so far we've not had the, the journey of, of the pre-consul Charlie's been there for a few weeks now and we've sort of seen his progress and that's been fascinating um, and we're looking forward to the new the new addition as well going in so hopefully in a year's time I'll be, I'll be saying yeah we've got three or four instead of just the two
0: uh, I'm looking forward to being on track with you when they're running, sharing you what it's like at a point-to-point in a muddy field somewhere on a Sunday. And uh, and I know you're going to absolutely love it. Uh, and you know, we can have a beer in the tent afterwards and talk about how we're going to get everyone else who's at 18 to 24 to come to point-to-point and have a great time too. So I look forward to that one. But uh, thanks a lot for joining us today. And um, we'll speak to you soon. Cheers, bro. Thank you. So, John, great to have you on the show today. Um, For those people who are listening who aren't so familiar with you, could you tell us a little bit about where you're based and um, what sort of facilities you're you're working with?
2: Um, Yeah, I'm based in uh, Nottinghamshire, which is um, sort of probably, you know, the village is called the Crotwell Bishop there. And uh, we'd be sort of 20 minutes away from Garthport Racecourse. So Garthport would be my most local track. And... um, yeah it's um we've got a, a farm there that's uh my grandfather's and uh i rent the farm off him at the minute and um we've got uh um sort of you know a four or five hundred acre farm there that we uh we train the horses on and we farm and we have a bit of arable land and sort of um you know yeah we've, we sort of farm and train race horses from there really so um basically yeah the facilities we have um we wouldn't have many facilities so it would be very sort of a old-fashioned sort of point-to-point rustic, trainer really rustic. in the fact that yeah rustic's the word um in the fact that you know we don't have any gallops there or anything like that we just have a you know a horse walker that we've i've sort of actually put concrete down on it i found that that's quite a, a good thing to be getting horses just to start off when they come on from the field there we put them on the walker there for probably a month and just uh the concrete walker seems to be working quite well with hardening the legs up and the tendons up which is a a good thing to start them off with. And we sort of roadwork them. That's interesting for probably, uh, you know, two or three weeks. Um, so yeah, sort of very old sort of fashioned way of sort of doing things. And, um, and then once we sort of start cantering away there, we just have the farm. Um, you know, we've got a small lunch pen, but with everything else is all on the farm on the grass. So we sort of do pretty much 95% of our work on the grass. We don't, we don't train much on the surface there, apart from probably, you know, quick pieces of work when we go to Subtle Racecourse there and just finish off, you know, the little bits before we run. Um, but, yeah, mostly it's all very long, slow cantering around the farm, plenty of stamina work into them. Uh, we jump the horses around the farm, you know, over logs and, you know, in the woods and things like that and uh, school them. We've made some uh, old-fashioned fences out of pallets and some birch and <laughs> uh, and uh, pop away over those in the field and stuff. And, and so, yeah, very Sort of old-fashioned, but brilliant. In, you know, great way of doing things for the horses. Absolutely,
0: yeah, I really like that. And the the traditional approach. Would you say that comes from? You know, you've got a strong family background in hunting, um, as opposed to racing. I, I think I'm right in saying that. Would that sort of old-fashioned approach to you know hardening legs off doing a load of road work, getting a horse fit that way, is that come from your hunting background, or is it just as a result of the facilities you've got, or a mix of the two?
2: Yeah, I think, I think, I think a bit of both. And I think also, um, I think also you can sort of, um, you can learn a lot from other people, you know, saying where they've sort of made their mistakes. You try and sort of learn from other people's mistakes. So, you know, a lot of people, um, found, you know, that, uh, horses don't seem to be as tough when they're just trained on a surface all the time. So for me, certainly grass and everything, like the horses at the end of the day are going to They're going to run and gallop on the grass. And I can't think of any better way, really, to just try and train them on the grass as much as possible, really. I think it's it's a way forward. And certainly, road work seems to be one of those things that it's an option way that sort of coming back. People, you know, know, sort of do believe that road work is good for them and building them up slowly and everything else. I think it's, you know, if you build them up slowly, you have less likely chances of breaking them down. Uh, which is, you know, all positive, really. It
3: must be working because you managed to have a runner at Cheltenham for the hunter chase meeting and a runner at Stratford for the hunter chase meeting. But obviously won earlier in the season, so um, it's obviously something that's working for you.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a, a nice horse there, that uh, a horse called Rafferty, there that had uh, two years off the track. He um, was 758 days off the track. We got him back there, training away for a while there, uh, just to get him back there. He uh he went to Sheriff and there and uh, he won his maiden points point by twenty lengths uh really nicely and uh yeah, and you know, plenty of plenty of uh, long, slow stamina work's gone into him and uh and yeah, and then he and then he went to went to Cheltenham in the open hunters chase, which would be a fair a fair ask, but he'd be you know a real strong, hardy type of horse that would would sort of say yes to every question that he asked of him. So uh yeah, and uh, he finished off running at Cartmel there last week. I think was probably the last hunter chase of the season and he finished third and ran well in the maiden hunter chase. So yeah, nice
3: horse. And am I right in saying that's a new owner to you? In which case, uh, they obviously think that this racing game's fairly easy.
2: Uh yes, I think it's all downhill from the first run, isn't it, if <laughs> they win. <laughs> but no, no. Uh yeah, no, she's a new owner and uh yeah, she she's really enjoyed the season and uh yeah, I hope she's gonna be reinvesting the summer to hopefully buy another one for us which would be great
3: I think part of it's about the experience for these owners isn't it you know you've obviously she's won a race so absolutely over the moon there and then gone to Cheltenham you know what what more can you want really when you start the season if you've gotten those sorts of experiences
2: yeah definitely and um, you know you're trying to sort of give those experiences you know as much as possible and I think this year has been very hard because as you all well know that you know point to and point you know we, we enjoy it. the enjoyment of it is is, is sort of getting together at the points of points and enjoying a picnic and having a drink and enjoying when you get a winner and, and uh days going schooling, you know, when you're schooling the horses at home over fences, getting everybody together, you know, that's what it's all about, point to point, which is something we haven't been able to do this season. So uh, you know, yeah, you're trying to, you know, get the winners, you know, in a year like this, you really are trying to push for good days out and try and get the winners. So
1: yeah. So you were saying you were hoping the uh, the, the the lady owner was going to hopefully go and reinvest. Would you be going and sort of advising her with that, or would she go off on her own? Or and, and what would you be looking for if you do go?
2: Um, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be I'd be sort of always sort of trying to select my my own horses if my owners are pretty willing to let me sort of do that. And um, you know, I find uh, certainly this year looking at Doncaster, uh, things have been you know very sort of expensive to sort of buy horses going into the the point to point world you know especially if you're trying to find a, a nice three-year-old or something to go and sort of try and win a maiden with you know horses making you know 20 30 40 thousand is, is is very expensive to bring a horse like that into point to point in and, and 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 win a win a point to point and even you know and try and then sell it for you know profit that you know that's fairly difficult so it's been quite a tough market Sort of horses, I think sales. um But at the same time, um I find at the minute for me, Doncaster. Uh, sorry, buying out of Ireland would be would be the way forward. There, uh, I think going over there. You know, if you can trip horses or you have a good agent and you can go there and you can you can see the horses runs and stuff, and then you can go and have a good feel of them or you can read the um you know I think that gives you a good indication of and, and uh you can have them vetted properly and bring them back I think that that's the way forward with the last three horses we've bought uh we've bought out of Ireland uh through my agent Neil O'Donnell and uh all the horses have turned out to be very good um and uh, yeah nice horses so uh yeah that's 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 sort of the way at the minute that I'll be buying horses out actually out of
3: Ireland and are you struggling to get them across from Ireland at the moment or um has it been openly- um
2: it's 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 got a little bit more expensive um but uh, horses tend to be now going up through the the north north there and coming through scotland and then coming south and that seems to be the way that, that everybody's working towards at the minute saving themselves a little bit of money and stuff so um we've just had one ride today out of colin Bowes, and, and that's just uh, come through and up and down that way um and uh, he's arrived and yeah everything's grand with him so that's good to be honest
0: there was plenty of horses at the spring sale that didn't sell for a huge profit on what they'd been bought for. And I thought that that would have a knock on effect on the uh, sales that have just happened. Um, you know, there's a lot of people breaking even essentially on, on buying a store horse running it. And, um, and winning or you know placing and and selling it on again and i thought that would have a, a, a real knock-on effect this time around i thought people would be willing to part with less money um to make sure they're making a profit and it for whatever reason it just doesn't seem to have uh, materialized
5: yeah
2: yeah 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 i think i think the uh the hardest thing is uh you know what you have to keep looking at as well from the sort of foal point of view in terms of this is that actually the horses that are sold there as foals you know you look at them in Doncaster and, and they're making sort of strong money but actually when you look at the, the chap that's bought them as a foal uh, he's paid enough money for them themselves so you know not necessarily the person that's buying the uh you know that's selling the three-year-old is making a lot of money because they've actually given enough for them like I say as foals and uh you Know, um, yeah, the prices of foals are pretty high as well, so um, yeah, it's uh, I think there's quite fine margins everywhere all the way through.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's partly as well a reflection of just horse prices in general. Um, you know, everyone who's involved in racing is generally, you know, got another half that does a bit of eventing or or hunting, a family that hunts, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and across the board, you know, the prices of horses are just absolutely bonkers, and I wonder whether that's actually. Then having uh, the effect where, you know, if you go to Gorsebridge sales, you couldn't buy anything for less than 15 grand that was worth looking at and, you know, unbroken three-year-olds. And I think, therefore, it just pushes the price because people are thinking, well, if I can't buy one, at you know, a normal sale, you know, what chance have I got in the sales ring at at, at the Land Rover sale, you know, and I think it just, you know, just has that knock-on effect.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. But from but from talking to you at, um, earlier in the week about what you were looking at at Goffs, like you you had a bit of a budget to spend, didn't you? It wasn't like you were going there looking for a two grand horse, and and you were still struggling. Um, but what sort of thing would you look for when you're looking for a sort of open horse hunter chase horse? Because there's quite a few restrictions, isn't there, of what you can't buy?
2: Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's very tricky with buying the um, you know if you're buying an older horse, maybe coming out of Ireland or. England, you know, that's, that's obviously one of the rules there carries the penalties. You just have to be a little bit careful because, you know, you could be sitting there with a horse for a season just waiting for a penalty to drop. So you have to be very careful. You know, there is plenty of horses that are coming out under rules at Doncaster, but at the same time, there's plenty there that are carrying penalties going forward. And, uh, you know, you don't want to be lumbered with a, you know, uh, just an average horse maybe that's carrying penalties because actually he, you know, he not perhaps, you know, stand up in open. So you have to be very careful, um, you know, how you, how you do buy, um, you know, I'd say really.
1: And I think, I think, I mean, I don't know, John, you'll probably know more than me. Um, there are some horses that aren't eligible to run in point-to-points at all, aren't there? Because uh, I was fairly sure um, when I was still riding, I was going to ride French Opera. He was going to be retired to go pointing, uh, which obviously I was looking forward to. But then due to prize yeah. money or... I think it went back to the Celebration Chase when he won that. Uh, I think it was a Celebration mm. Chase or something along those lines at Sandown. Um, what's the rule with that? Do you yeah. know fully? Uh,
2: I'm, not, I'm not sure about that, but I do have a, uh, a horse in the yards here that actually we didn't run there this year because he, he couldn't run actually in point to points because he'd won a uh, Class 1 and I, I think it's a season or a season and a half, maybe, or maybe even two seasons they can't run for um, when they have won a class one. So, which it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one because uh, at the same time, I can understand people don't want to be running against those types of horses in points to points when they're on the back of something like that. Um, but the other toss of the coin is we also don't like to see horses, good horses coming out of yards and then they haven't got anywhere to go, let's say you know, they can't go in, if they have a tie in hunter chases, they can't go in hunter chases or they can't go back under rules again. Um, you know, then they have nowhere to go. And that's how we lose good horses and they slip away and, and then we never see them again. So there is sort of two ways to look at that.
5: Um,
1: yeah, I mean, they, some people don't like it, do they? Um, I mean, I was always very lucky. I was on the receiving end of riding them. But if those horses were the horses they were when they were winning the class ones, uh, ringing it, they wouldn't be running in a point to point for 250 quid, would they? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Um,
2: exactly. Yeah, it's a bit like yeah. taking yeah.
1: on a I professional mean, trainer. Uh, you know, you beat a really good horse, and you drive home. You're delighted yeah. if you. Okay, if you get beaten, right? Yeah. Well, you've been
3: beaten by a good one, haven't you? You've got a young lad riding for you this year. Uh, tell us a bit more about him.
2: Um, yeah, Lewis Dobb. Uh Yeah, he's he's rode uh, uh, two point points for us this year, and he's managed to win on uh on both of them which is uh, pretty good Better have him back uh next year. he is <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's the thing i haven't got him back next year actually he's, he's he's going there conditional for laura morgan uh this year so we're losing him this summer but um he's a handful full of rides point to point with his first two rides point to point in this season we gave him his first winner and his second ride we gave him another winner oh. as well on um Argo. and uh yeah so um Yeah, he's had he's had a good season, and uh, I think he's a very very good jockey. And keep an eye on him because I think he's I think he's going to be very progressive. So um, yeah, he's he's a really nice lad.
1: Who will you who will you have ride them next year or undecided?
2: Um, A little bit undecided. I mean, I find at the minute around my area we're a bit short on jockeys at the minute. You know, obviously, you know we have you know the good jockeys you know close by, sort of Jack Andrews and Dale Peters, but. Um, for me you know i'm a small yard very hard to get hold of you know real good jockeys all the time so i am sort of open like i say i used Lewis this year hadn't had a ride in a point to point until i used him so you know like i'm very open to using good young lads that are very keen that ride nicely in the school horse as well at home so i'm, I'm sort of very open to give a lot of opportunities to the young lads george Chatterton he's had a few rides for us this year um and um yeah but uh, you know use you know jockeys up in the north jack Teal will be a lad that I'd be you know highly recommending he's a very good lad and he trains himself he'd be he'd be good to use um, Rory Beddon he was a very good lad he rode for me a few times um, and uh, yeah no I'd be pretty open to using sort of people that are keen to come in in school really more than anything
1: anyone who's happy to put the work in we'll get something out of
2: it then pretty much exactly exactly
1: Your ph- hopefully your phone will be ringing off the hook
2: now mate
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> yep
0: i think you've uh i think you've maybe misunderstood the current generation that's coming through johnny but uh i uh, i hope i'm wrong <laughs> not not of jockeys that isn't a criticism of the industry that's probably that's probably the uh the exception anyway uh that's all really interesting john appreciate that and please stick around for the rest of this show so uh Lads, this weekend, there's uh, one meeting at Kingston Blount. Um, The sun is doing its worst to try and make things difficult as far as the ground are concerned. There's a massive entry, so it's a a bit of a shame. In fact, John, have you got anything entered? Uh, No, I haven't. No, no, that's me me done for the season. Fair enough. You can put your feet up and watch the live stream then. That's that's your Saturday (laughs) sorted, Sunday, I should say. (laughs) <laughs> um so yeah plenty of horses entered um they're giving the, gar- the the current ground as uh good good firm in places uh following watering today um so we'll just have to see how that pans out um and we wish them wish them all the best for that meeting uh, lads have you spotted anything that you uh wanted to talk about in particular or should we move on no i just think it'll be you know if people haven't got a ticket if there
6: are
1: still some tickets try and get one um or again, you know, watch the live stream. I think it'll be great racing. Um, you know, that uh, men's novice title looks looks all to play for still. Uh, obviously, a home track for Alan Hill. So I should think they'll be throwing a fair few out to try and beat Tom Ellis, who also, I think, will be wanting to make sure he he holds on to that that um, that lead. Um, so, yeah, it could be good competitive racing. And it's um, that's always good fun at Kingston Blount. Always good atmosphere. So... Yeah, like I say, if you if you can get tickets, um, try and get yourself there.
2: Looks to be uh, looks to be a few uh, plenty of entries as well. I think there uh, uh, looks you know looks a good card to yeah, be. Yeah, and
1: I think again, like you said, the the sun's doing it's worth worth Ben, but uh, if anything for 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 Alan and yeah for Alan and his team, probably yeah it makes more work. But Alan knows what he's doing with the ground, <clears throat> and it just means that it will be you know it will be what he says it is. Um, you know he'll he'll do a good job to make it make it nice safe ground uh, so hopefully there's a good um, nice amount of runners.
0: Uh, Johnny I'm beginning to think you're on the uh, payroll for all the clerks of the courses you always like to give them a favourable <laughs> mention. <laughs> trust me I'm not <laughs> trust me no so some do a better job than others don't they
1: and you know the ones that don't do a good job aren't some some courses are harder to get it right than others I would think Kingston is a very difficult course To get right But obviously Alan has a um, has a lot of experience In how to do it So yeah they, If they get it wrong i will be happy to say
0: I'm sure you wouldn't hold back your opinion Johnny uh, Speaking of which uh, On to any other business I believe we have an apology from you
1: Yeah I've got an apology to for Finn Muirhead um, Missed his first winner last year Um Last year, <laughs> last week. Um, so, uh, yeah, really well done to him uh, beating. Uh, he won the Exmoor Foxhounds hunt race. Uh, he's not had many rides. I think it was his, oh, I'm going to make myself look stupid again. I think it was his seventh ride. Uh, he had one later on in the day as well, which I think finished fourth. Um, but I did watch the replay, looked nice and tidy um, in a finish. So, uh, yeah, hopefully somebody um, who's going to have a, a bright future.
0: Good stuff and now on to the big talking point of the week and we will try and not upset anyone on either side of the coin in the process because we are like Switzerland as a podcast we are sitting in the middle and not getting involved in any politics. Johnny where's your sledgehammer? People are scared to give their opinion aren't they?
3: Um, you weren't on the live stream <laughs>
1: Well, no, I mean, look, look, I, I, I very,
0: hang on. We haven't even, we haven't even told the listeners yet, Johnny. We haven't even told the listeners what we're even going I on about here. Know. So let's just introduce the topic. So we're, we're,
1: we're obviously talking about the novice riders race at Garthorpe, which you know, was actually a very good race in the end. Um, now I, I, I'm looking at it from both, from every angle. Uh, I feel sorry for the winners and the losers, uh, the horse that was given first place, ridden by Ben Sutton, I, I do feel sorry for them because it's not their fault who is called first and who, whichever idiots decide to think they agree or disagree, and I put myself in that category. Um, obviously from where I was standing and from things I've seen, the horse didn't look to win, but I wasn't stood on the line and I think a lot of people felt that, so I feel sorry for them because they've... You know, young Ben's just ridden a winner, and, and Nick's Sutton's son has just ridden a winner. So as a family achievement, it's a great thing. But and, and also nobody clapped them in um, because of the con- controversy, controversy, um, and I think that's a real shame because it's not their fault. Um, the the girl who finished second, I feel sorry for her because that would have been her first winner. And I think ultimately, you know, it's no it, it, first or second. It's not your fault. The the fault lies solely with the person calling a result. And if you can't call the result when what it looks to me to be a good, you know, a neck on a picture, maybe a bit more, maybe you need a bit of help doing it. Which is why I think you need we need some form of technology on the line. Uh, wrong, wrong results shouldn't be called uh, in this day and age. You know, there are bookies being told to hold bets. Well, there's money involved, isn't there? Um, horse values are involved. Something's got to be done. The, the game is too professional, not too professional to get it so, to get it wrong. Uh, and also if the result is right, they can have a bit of something to, to back up an evidence to
0: shut the idiots like me up who disagree. What are your thoughts? <laughs> to, there's too much at stake now um, to get those decisions wrong. Now I will just... Caveat that by saying, uh, when you look at the photo, even there is an element of an optical illusion uh, uh, because of the horse that's that's coming with a rattle, uh, and and the way that the line is positioned from some of the freeze frames I've seen that are doing the rounds on Facebook, etc. It does look like the horse is further ahead than it would be if you were stood level with the line, looking across the line. I fully believe that the the horse that was called second um was the winner but um it it wasn't as close as it looked afterwards or on the on the live stream based on where the camera was so i do i do think that you know you have to give the judge a bit of credit it wasn't it wasn't a straightforward one Uh, but the, the real shame is there's no real winners in the situation um you know as you say the people who have been be, being called the winners uh, aren't clapped back in. And there's a, there's a fair bit of tension on track, I imagine. And, uh, you know, the young girl who's, who's there having a first winner and has won. I think, it, I mean, that's my opinion. And I'll state that is my opinion, not fact. But for me, has won hasn't won either so that you know there's no winners and it just it's just it leaves a bad taste and, really and i think
1: again the, the whole game is they're running around for 250 quid which that's another co- another topic of conversation but you know for me it's not enough so what are you doing it for to have a nice time and have a beer have a drink at the afterwards you know i remember having drinks with people i've beaten or people have beaten me and nick sutton's a great guy who owns um chamron a really good bloke and you know he, he he deserved a clap in, um, and you know despite despite me giving my opinion, I actually I actually did give him a clap. But he's uh, but uh, you know not many did, and you know it's a shame for young Ben as well. It's just like you say, no one's a winner. The course isn't the winner. The the horses, the owners, the trainers, the riders, none of them are winners, um, and you know. It's just difficult. It needs to, It need. they need, these judges obviously need a bit of help.
0: Someone told me, someone mentioned there's an app, there's a, uh, some sort of app in circulation where this was made possible um, that they're using in other jurisdictions. So uh, jurisdictions, so we'll, uh, yeah, definitely more research required. John, have you ever had a horse that's being called a winner and you weren't
2: convinced or come second and you felt robbed? No, no, I haven't actually. So, uh, no, I haven't. Swerve. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I noticed that John dropped off the Zoom call during that debate. Uh, I think it was by accident but I'm not convinced. <laughs> no, I just, it, it, in summary, it's just a shame that
1: uh, human error can ruin, and I'm not saying he did it on purpose. I'm sure he didn't do it on purpose. Um, and if it, even if it is wrong, I mean, it, I, it's only my opinion that the result was wrong. So, I'm going with Ben on that. This is only my opinion. But it it shouldn't have, you know, Ben Sutton didn't drive home thinking, yes, I've had a winner. And the young girl uh, who, sorry, I forget her name now, um, yeah, she she would have driven home feeling pretty hard done by. Whereas if there was a bit of proof, we could all have stood, laughed, owned up to the fact we were wrong and the result was 100% right, eaten a load of words and everybody would have been on, you know, it it would have just been better. Um, so I don't know whether rules would need to change slightly as well in, a, in order to be able to use photo or video footage possibly I don't know the rules very well never did
0: <laughs> I feel I feel um, we've been a bit patronising calling Miss Emma Freeman the the young girl do you apologise uh, uh, <laughs> yeah 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 we all apologize I mean, none of us had the results in front of us uh yeah so uh miss miss emma freeman um so yeah uh, a really good ride I, this this is the thing and and you know i just felt desperate for it because i'm just thinking that that should have been a first winner and for me it was a first winner and it's just surrounded in this ridiculous avoidable situation where she's got a two next to her name you know and it uh, for me it's not
1: and and whilst we're, whilst we're talking about the quality of a ride, um, the winner, okay, is a good horse, but he's not easy. If you look at some of his runs un- under rules, um, and, uh, ben, ben Sutton, he's only a novice rider. Um, he, he's given that a good ride. It's not, look, they can all gallop, um, but if they can't jump, which I'm not saying this one can't jump, but I wouldn't say he was natural. Uh, for a novice rider he's done a really good job and again that's the whole situation has taken away from the good ride that he gave the horse as well Um, you know then just because they're good horses not given that they're going to win so it's the whole situation the whole race for me was ruined by probably opinions and I include mine with that and potentially uh, the wrong result being called but it's just a shame. Yeah, two good young novice riders, two nice horses, well-trained horses. Yeah, it should have been a it should have been it should have been a highlight rather than talking about it for negative reasons.
0: So it's fair to say, our mate Sam didn't hold back on the old microphone. But uh. wow, well, I don't to be fair, I don't
5: think I did either.
0: But um, no, I think
1: uh, that was a, that was tricky.
0: It's a good job we're near the end of the season, Johnny. You might not have been getting the call up from any more of these live streams, my friend. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Okay. So, uh, that's pretty much it for this week's show guys. Um, does anyone want to
2: add anything before we wrap up? Um, yeah, I'd just like to just say a quick word. Um, I like, you know, the, uh, the live streaming this year, I think has been massive. And I think, um, you know, obviously when the COVID thing goes, out, you know, hopefully it will do fairly soon. You know, I think Pointing going forward needs the live streaming. I think it's a massive, massive positive coming out of this year. I think it's, um, you know, been really good for the owners, just people watching and everything else. So I think that's a real good thing that I think we need to stick to going forward for Point to and I think it will really help.
3: I think it'd be nice if we could get it all on one channel as well, if we could get all the courses to put it onto one channel and you just knew that you logged into a certain website rather than having to find the link for YouTube. And, you know, like you say, it's great for the owners. I've watched way more pointing this year because it comes at a busy time for us when we're foaling and everything, but it's given us the opportunity to watch a lot more point-to-pointing this year. So, yeah, I'd agree with you there. Let's hope it continues.
1: I have to say that I... I was saying this to Sam actually the other day we always feel like a pair of idiots and we probably sound like a pair of idiots um, whilst we're doing it but it's amazing how many people have have shared your opinion I mean I know I've seen on Jumping for Fun there are a few that don't agree with it um, but yeah the amount of people that came up to us at Garthorp and said how much they enjoyed listening um, something to fill in the time I suppose as much as anything else.
0: Yeah, that's it. I suppose there's always the fear, as there is uh, um, with all sport. This is this is universal across all sport that if you put everything online and uh, and well, if you put everything online <laughs> or on the television, that people aren't going to come to the actual game live or the actual race live. And I think history has shown that that's just not the case. I am not going to drive down to Bratton Down on a Monday and watch point. <laughs> you drive to, to
1: Chadsley Corbett to visit the village though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> lovely wide verges but i am going to log on to the live stream and watch it because i'm interested in point to pointing and uh, uh, you know let's face it you know a lot of the gate numbers with point to pointing is with families that want to go on a bouncy castle so you know i'm not being i'm not being rude about that and i think it's a fantastic thing that to point Uh, point-to-point courses do and i think it's a really important element about getting gate numbers and making it work commercially but a lot of people that are actually coming through the gates themselves aren't necessarily interested in 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 horse racing as it is so i think it makes complete sense to open up uh rating to to the UK wide community of people um who who want to watch point to pointing on online it's just i, I really don't have the answer to this so i'm not going to pretend that i have and i'm I, I, you know i'm sure we'll come up with some ideas between us uh, and there'll be some you know some uh, some conversations happening at the uh, the top the top level shall we say but someone needs to come up with a solution which is kind of like james said is universal and that is affordable to the people putting on the meetings in a climate where costs are already really high but is accessible uh, in a way that people are going to be able to either watch for free or pay for online for me as a as an events promoter as i do with my nine to five well i wish it was nine to five with my uh, with my day job hat on um you know i think people should probably pay to watch it yeah. a- but it's just making all that very smooth it should be on like you say it should be in one place uh one payment portal that it should be easily accessible we just have to m- remove some of that resistance uh from the process and make sure that people can can do it easily and I, and I think it would take off and i think it could be a really welcomed additional source of revenue to the to the game. Um, so, yeah, something we'll revisit for sure. And I'm, I'm sure this conversation is just getting started. But, uh, re- yeah, really good point, John, and uh, thanks for making it. Okay, so we'll, we'll leave it there, lads, for the week. Um, thanks again and speak to you next time. Thanks a lot for having me. No, thanks for coming on, John. Yeah, cheers, John. Cheers, John. Take care and goodbye.